Welcome to the Nordic Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farrand, owner of the company Horns of Odin, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvig. Hello, everybody. This time we are joined by Vjevaki. Uh, we're going to be talking about their new album, Forspeki. So welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Thank you for joining us. I think this might be the most people we've had in, in <laughs> one sitting. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, so we'll... We'll do our best. I was going to say, as I said that, I was going to say we'll do our best not to speak over each other. I don't know if you guys want to introduce yourselves one by one. Um, obviously, two of you have already been on here before. Hopefully, people will recognize you as you introduce yourself. But who wants to go first? Yeah, uh, I'm Will. I uh, am one of the singers and songwriters of Yawaki. Um which was originally uh, a solo project of mine that I brought this guy, Sirwoli, in on. I am the Sirwoli. The Sirwoli. <laughs> the project. <laughs> uh, musician, tattoo artist. Um, and uh, I brought on Gisli. Hello, I'm Gisli. I am I'm mainly a modern classical composer, and they brought me in to do like production and arranging and like bring... Uh, Bit more atmosphere to the music. He's the purveyor of vibes. Yeah, that's, that's my official title. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> and then last but not least, the completion of Four Ensemble, Shrapnel Dush. Hello, I'm Shrapnel Dush. Um, I'm this one of the singers in the band, and I do various small, like, shakety-shake things. Clackety-clackers. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I'm mainly a tattoo artist by trade. Mm-hmm. So Sigurd and, and, and Haber, you both have joined us before. Um, welcome back and thank you for, for coming back again. Um, yeah, Sigurd, I think you were the first guest we ever had. Is that true? Yeah. So, were you one of the first guests? Yeah. I think he was the first. You know, back in 1837. <laughs> yes. yes, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does feel like that, especially... After the last couple of years. Um, so, Will, you said this was a solo project for you because we mentioned before that the band's only been going, what, officially a year-ish? Yeah, so um, I released an album uh, in 2020, like right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and, yeah, it was it was just me writing the music, but Suvali was involved on almost every song in some way. Um and then, yeah, this this lineup as it is now has only been maybe the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So I guess what was the reason to expand? I think it was kind of a natural progression. Uh, I think me and Sirvoli have always kind of seen eye to eye musically. And mm-hmm. we just we're both craving doing something a bit bigger. With, with our music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you only have to look at it. Because Spotify gives you numbers. I don't know how, you can probably tell me how accurate Spotify numbers are when you see like the ones underneath the song. It looks like it's going really well. There's some big numbers on those songs. It's growing for sure. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're incredibly happy uh, and humbled by, by how it has been received. Like remember in the beginning, like yeah, he he did his solo album that I helped out with, and then we just sort of 
you know, because I had been working, uh, helping other musicians and we, and we just decided, why don't we just go big this time? Let's just put all our eggs in one basket and just really make this happen. Yeah. And it actually finally paid off after so much work and with with these two as well. Uh, it sort of paid off all the all the hard work we were put into this, so we couldn't be happier. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, at the beginning, like it, it was just kind of what we were doing already. I probably wouldn't have actually tried to record anything if they really didn't push me to. Uh, and so he's always kind of been there from the from the beginning. So it just seems like kind of a natural progression. Mm-hmm. It it feels like there's so many talented people that can create music in this community that don't ever record unless somebody forces them to. Um, so I know that we probably both agree that Sean Parry's one of those who is insanely talented, but obviously does all these other things and just never gets around to sitting down and recording. And I guess you need that person. Yeah, we need to sit tie him and throw him in a studio. Need a banana once in a while so he doesn't die. Otherwise, he needs to just really record some stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes maybe maybe that's not your path. Like uh, what Sean usually does is, you know, bring the party to various bonfire situations instead, mm-hmm. which I personally what, very much pre- appreciate. Is that what you tell yourself about your drum and bass career, Matthias? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> sometimes it just is not the... Sometimes life just doesn't put you in that direction. My 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 path is not drum and bass fame. No, I'm, that's that's <laughs> only for dark basement scenarios for I'm myself. Mid-gasp, I'm mid gas about 2023. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a Mateus. Yeah, if I can, heathen, if I can make that Viking happen. drum and bass, that will be me. Neurofunk and throat singing. Yeah, I think it's uh, it. I, hey. I think if anyone can do it, you can do it. And it'd be it'd be fun. A little party atmosphere in the guild hall. <laughs> yeah, I'm not putting my eggs in that basket. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> You're gonna be my manager. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah, I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll try my hardest. Okay. So I guess what are the what are the influences behind what do you because I think we say to pretty much everybody that's in this kind of there is a, it is its own music genre even if we don't officially give it a, a do, what would you guys call it I don't think we've asked anyone in a while what would you call this type of music because I guess most people say Viking music but hmm. no I mean we have uh, little to do with Vikings in our music like it's it's mainly based off of our modern kind of traditions but um the Reykjavik grapevine just called us what do they call us doom doom folk. Folk. i yeah. like that yeah it's like yeah. doom folk yeah. i really like that but i guess we've been calling it like dark neo folk or is it's folk music but it has new stuff in it future instruments <laughs> future instruments yeah, yeah. synthesizers modern and, production yeah modern production yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah good I mean, that doesn't exclude it from being folk music. Like, I mean, if folk music is is a type of music that's, you know, created by by people out there based off of the cultures that they adhere to, um, you could also 
assume that at some point they would start introducing a new instrument, right? Of course. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I guess you'd have modern folk. I mean, yeah. but I'm sure if folk music just folk. covers all folk. different <laughs> time periods and genres. But like and... N- neo-folk, I, I feel like it's such a um, curious or yeah. sometimes even problematic category because you, you you start thinking about like depressed neo-Nazi Germans who are like sitting there playing a guitar in the Alps and stuff like that instead. Yeah, and I mean, that's folk. that's not what you guys are. <laughs> yeah. I like the name Doomfolk. We just embrace that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you heard it here. We are Doomfolk, officially. Doomfolk. I mean, it's very nihilistic. <laughs> it's very kind of, feels very end of the world. Yeah. And a bit, which, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, a good title. A, a, apocalypse is a straight up my alley. I I, I like that. Oh, here we go. Volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I guess, yeah, again, what are the influences behind it and kind of the direction that you choose to go? Do, do you have any, or is it just a case of that it's you two, Will and Sigma, it seems like you two are kind of like the main creative hub and then you kind of just do your own thing or are you kind of looking outside at el- elsewhere and and taking little bits of influences. Yeah, so it started um, It started off as just kind of music um, that me and Siboli would add to our own like personal rituals. So um, we draw a lot of inspiration from that, um, from like our practice in, in heathenism and whatnot. Um, but yeah, like a lot of our songs start off as things that we would play uh, in our own rituals, so I think that's a driving force for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how does that feel, kind of, on a personal level? Because again, rituals tend to be very personal things. Then opening that up to the universe, effectively, I mean, like, he is this. Yeah, I mean, we're we're happy to share them with the world. Um, and, and we'd hope that we could inspire people to do similar things in, in their bloats and rituals. Mm-hmm. It's got to be, yeah. It's, I always wonder how people... Yeah, because I know when the only the, the one ritual I've ever been a part of, Matthias, you that was the one that you kindly put on. And it was such a personal thing. I don't know how I'd feel kind of opening anything involved in that to, to people to look into or whether it would just feel a little too personal, I guess. Well, we, I mean, when we're performing on stage and, and these songs and, and uh, it's part of these rituals, of course, we kind of leave out the, the personal, personal things. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but, but to us, we are, we are just the, the normal folk because we are. So we're not these majestic priests or shamans or something. We are basically just practicing our rituals and our our uh, we would say Nordic animism, uh, and we'll try to keep it humble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the rituals for? Uh, well, it depends. Uh, what we were doing. So for example, we have a song called Diesel Bloat, 
And diesel bloat is a traditional bloat that was done in the winter time, usually around the winter solstice. And it was, it was believed in the Nordic cultures that sort of summer belongs to the men and winter belongs to the women. Because, you know, of course, they're kind of dated concept mm-hmm. today, but it was, you know, the, the men would work in the, in the field in the summer and then the women would take care of the home in the winter. So we have sort of adapted that into modern terminology that uh, winter belongs to the feminine energy, regardless of your actual gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we honor the feminine spirits and uh, then we do a disablot and of course, to communicate with the desir, you you mention them by name and you give them offerings, you know, the common ones, Freik Freya, uh, Sif, Eden, all these are, you know, goddesses mm-hmm. of the common folk. Mm-hmm. So I guess you said before that it's not, it's not, I, I don't really know the, the way to put it, it's not Viking music, <clears throat> but do you take influences from, obviously, from like Nordic mythology and bring that into the rituals? Um, or do you keep that kind of well, more of modern? Course, of course, uh, Nordic animism and Nordic mythology uh, are all sort of intertwined, but uh, the religious practices themselves are not, there's not the, the same as the mythology. It's a separate thing but we use the mythology to sort of hone in on what we want to do specifically in each uh, ritual. So to us, and let me stress that it's different for everyone and mm-hmm. there's not a wrong answer in this, but to us, we're not exactly praying perhaps to Odin in the sky as a actual physical being looking at us, but more of the sort of spirit and energy that he represents forces. the forces. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. kind of represents um, everything we should fear and be grateful to and respect basically mm-hmm. natural forces yeah exactly so so that's so that's sort of the core of of the rituals that we are we are doing and and we we interpret that into our music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I think there's there might be uh, uh, some listeners out there who's like, okay, well, pagan rituals. That's something with like dark robes and animal sacrifices and and those kinds of things. Um, <laughs> would you guys care to dispel those myths just for a second? <laughs> uh, well, so like uh, modern also through is of course reconstruction because we have very little uh, information of how the religion was actually practiced. We have some archaeology, but that doesn't tell us much on actual religion. And uh, the first thing people get, what, what about Ibn Fatlan? Let's just push a diary written by some guy traveling aside. That's not really concrete proof, but it's, it's definitely interesting. Uh, but yet, yeah, dark robes and well, I, I would advise against animal sacrifice for sure. But <laughs> as long as you're you're not doing anything harmful or ra- racism or Nazi, then finding your own way in a religion and ritual is is perfectly fine. I think so. By all means, wear a dark robe if you want. But <laughs> I don't think the robe itself 
doesn't do much. <laughs> I think it's just different for, for everybody. Exactly. Like everybody does it in the way they want. And I don't think there's any wrong way to worship what you want, as long as it's done with appreciation and love. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. the main thing with Norse mythology is live and let live. So Nordic mythology. That's not, Nor- that's not piss off Matthias over here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, if you guys want to refer to yourselves as Norwegians, that's that's your thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's never going anywhere, is it? Oh no! Thing. <laughs> I'm never gonna <laughs> let go of that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess for, for new listeners, Matthias once wrote an article. What was it called? Um, what? Which what article? was the art- the article that the uh, the started this whole anti Norse thing? Oh, Norse, Norse must, must die. <laughs> Norse must die. That was it. What was uh... <laughs> so to, to give a quick rundown for new people? Oh shit! Um, I feel okay, like this, well, this, we. I feel like we bring this getting, up all the time, and we're, we're so getting far into the away rabbit from... hole. Yeah. So the word Norse is just an English mispronunciation of the word Norsk, um, means Norwegian, and so it's you know applying it to everything that happens you know north of the Eider, um, which is a river in Germany. For those who don't know, uh, is kind of just wrong. That's really it. And how you really feel. <laughs> what? <laughs> T- tell us how you really feel. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if if we're talking about languages, for instance, we have multiple different languages, and we should instead of calling them Norse, West Norse, or East Norse, or stuff like that, we should apply a proper terminology to the terminology to that, right? The same with archaeology. If you call it Norse archaeology just because it existed back in the day, again, that's improper ter- terminology. Mm-hmm. It's a scholarly thing. Oh, okay. Well, there are so many memes about you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that's why he came off Facebook. <laughs> oh, is that why? <laughs> he, he couldn't handle the memes. Hey man, I was making my own memes. <laughs> well, you were like the Russian trolls, just yeah. feeding your own memes into the system. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, but I guess that that gets me thinking about. Um, okay, so Will, you said you are originally American. Sigurdi, uh, how about you? Both are Icelandic, and yeah, me too. Yeah, so we've got three Icelanders, which I guess comes into the, the question quite well. What do you, what so what do you guys think about that in terms of like what Matthias said about everything? Because it feels like especially when it comes to everything related to the Viking Age, it gets lumped into very simple categories, particularly by and people on the entry level of Viking Rose or whatever you want to call them, of like Norse or you know, just like Scandinavia in general. Like we had the whole episode of whether Iceland is clusters part of Scandinavia or not um like what do you guys feel about that particularly yeah just going back to like the Norse thing does that kind of is there any frustration on your side like there is with Matthias about it being it should be Norwegian but obviously to to him it's a it's a thing (laughs) (laughs) and so so I was like I I feel like we're psychoanalyzing me now (laughs) yeah so I was like well no but I was like Iceland is because it feels like it's an odd one because obviously a lot of this stuff came from 
Norway, Denmark, Sweden. I pro- before before Iceland, you know, they originated there and then then went over as Iceland been formed and became. But it feels like in modern day, a lot of people look to Iceland as almost the the last standard. I, I don't know how to put it, but like the they look to that almost more than Scandinavia. Well, Scandinavia or, or Norway, Denmark, and Sweden itself um, as like the kind of the you hear it said all the time about how um, Old Norse is closest to Icelandic and all these little things. It's almost like that is the for a better term, like the holy place to look at. Um, so I, I was interested in what, what you guys thought in about that. Uh, Iceland is not the utopia that the internet thinks it is. No, no it's almost like the mecca for this kind no. of oh, this, this kind of thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think Icelanders think about it. Like in general, I mean, I can't generalize, but I don't think Icelanders think about it in the same way as foreigners who look at Iceland do. Mm-hmm. I think we're sort of just like, oh yeah, we're we're a Nordic country. Scandinavia is Denmark, Sweden, Norway, yeah. and like maybe Finland part of that. But yeah, I, I think we don't really give a give a hoots what yeah, you call us or whatever. I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I would. Scandinavia to me is definitely Denmark, Sweden, Norway. Yeah, we are, and the Nordic is like the bigger picture. We kind of me. think of us as a cousin rather than a sibling, like. Yeah, no. I would agree with that. No, but like okay. people do have this idea that they'll fly into Iceland and immediately be greeted by rock and mud language and everybody's drumming with antlers <laughs> on their heads. It's just mm. normal but people, I don't know. And most people don't observe any pagan religion, anything. It's just a nation. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would say modern country. Like, <laughs> like language-wise. Yeah, I think definitely. people do try, take a little bit of pride in the fact that Icelandic is like Oh, for sure. Has remained very unchanged for a long time. And I think, and I think there's a like a, a national pride in yeah. that. Yeah, we definitely have. I like. I hope it's not arrogance or anything, but like I know people want to hold on to the Icelandic, yeah. which I think is a good thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. we take that pretty seriously. I think with government, like we create new words for everything instead of stealing them for English, and so we can like try to keep it. Um, Unchanged then, which is except like, except when you guys actually speak, you throw in a lot of yeah, English exactly. all the time. <laughs> oh, don't take that away from us. I speak I speak beautiful Icelandic, <laughs> uh, but that ties in like all our all our lyrics are in we we sing them in modern Icelandic pronunciation, but we do use some old Norse well old Icelandic lyrics basically something. So we'll put a lot of effort into pronunciation yeah. and he yeah. is, he is on learning. point yeah, and he is learning Icelandic. Yeah. So. But the, uh, the language uh, is important because we want to give like a good representation of uh, Icelandic out in the world. Cause I don't know if there are a lot of bands doing just everything in Icelandic. Of course, some bands will pull from the others and stuff, but. There's a lot of bands who claim they're singing Icelandic. Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just can't understand a single word they yeah. say. <laughs> I, I just sat up in my chair then. <laughs> I, I I think I have an idea of what you're talking about here. <laughs> so, if how how does that work in? It says, okay, Will, you said that you said that Will's learning Icelandic. Yeah. But if you sing, so do you, do you just learn the songs? 
that you sing in Icelandic. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's is it just because he's well, learning? No, he's like learning like, the like, language. Yeah. 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 He, but he understands. Uh, he's not just parrot learning. No, no, no. no. He's, no, he's no, learning. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to teach him things like every day, and he probably knows all the curse words by now. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> it's um, always a good place to start. No, but uh, this. So the the first album was all. Um, Attic poetry, because um, obviously I, I can't compose poetry in Icelandic. Um, mm-hmm. So it's all taken from Attic poetry with lots of like emphasis on really getting to know it and know the pronunciation and all that. Um, but what's very exciting about this album is there's a lot more original poetry from Sewole and Trapnadur. Um, and yeah, we're really mm-hmm. excited about that. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, so you said that you, you, so most curious how people I get I struggle with how to phrase things sometimes. <laughs> so you said about you get as close to the old Norse or old Icelandic as possible with your pronunciations. How how do we do that? How do we know no, so with with language, that's the thing that kind of even confused if me. Even if we're singing something from the others should be old Icelandic, we still use modern pronunciation. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Because we don't know. But we do have, I mean, it's not at uh, all the Eric poems. They were all written in Old Icelandic. And Old Icelandic and Old Norse are pretty much the same. It's, mm-hmm. uh, so, I mean, but I, I still I think it's cool to say Old Icelandic, so we're more special. But it is, you know, it is <laughs> yeah. the Old Norse language. But yeah, we that, pronounce it with modern. Well, I mean, as I mentioned before, uh, Oliver Thordason. Um, he wrote the third grammatical treatise where he uh, explains how the Old Norse or Old Icelandic language is pronounced. And uh, we can see a couple of like differences, for instance, in pronunciation. Um, and this is why if you go to learn uh, the language, for instance, that Snorri Sturluson uh, wrote in, uh, in Norway, you will learn a different pronunciation than you will in Iceland. Um, most uh, who teach um, the Old Norse language in, in um, Household Islands, uh, they will use modern Icelandic pronunciation. Um, and then you have like, it's like one dude over in Norway who's like, no, no, no. You should say "aw" instead of "ow" and those kinds of things, and it, that's really what it comes down to. Like you know, not not that big differences. We also have a cowboy who. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think it's cool that you guys are, are essentially like saying, "Well, we 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 use modern Icelandic pronunciation because this is part of our cultural heritage." Boom! There you go. Like that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, Matthias, how can we ever know how words were pronounced a thousand years ago? We can't know exactly, or that well at least, how uh, words were pronounced a thousand years ago. We can know uh, relatively well how they were pronounced um, in 1250 when Olav Thordason was telling us that this is how they're pronounced. Um, uh, 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 <laughs> no, what do you mean in writing? How, how he's, is he's writing down this this letter corresponds to that letter in Latin. 
Um, this letter corresponds to that letter in the runic writing system and, and so on and so forth. So, so that's what we can go off of in, in terms of understanding how people in Iceland in the 1200s would, would pronounce things. But that's very I different. don't trust that. <laughs> I, I, maybe it's well, just my idiot brain that can't get my head around this, but I, I don't understand how from writing we can just figure out how things were. It, it, I mean, you know, gets a little difficult also like in in modern icelandic for example the word for horseshoe skeva it's actually like written skeva but we say skeva with the v but the way it's written doesn't anywhere discern that you actually say a v sound instead of an f sound mm-hmm. uh, to say that people back then didn't do all sorts of stuff like that yeah and also they were more isolated between towns so they they might have pronounced it completely different yeah Mm-hmm. Definitely. That I mean, we must assume that there must have been some kind of dialectical differences in Iceland as well. Um, we can also see another thing that we, we can look at is misspellings. And for instance, if you go to the runic material, you can see differences in like how runestones um like how they spell things on runestones or other runic inscriptions, depending on time and location as well. But they're pretty mm-hmm. consistent too. So, you know, there, there are minor differences uh, between like 800 and uh, 1100. So that's also a, a way to access possibilities of like uh, linguistic change. I find it dialects. There's no like regional uh accents or dialects here in today's iceland there's only like there's a, a bit of an accent difference up in, north, in the north sure. where they just pronounce it more properly they like accent the case like instead of saying they say milk. yeah instead of yeah. Bunky, it's bunky. Yeah. yeah but it's such a minute thing it, it is. barely counts it's as not an a accent. dialect it's just no. yeah, slight accent yeah. Yeah. which i mean it's a big island and compared to say the pharaohs where they have like these all these tiny islands and sometimes like people in the south don't understand the people in the north and we're talking mm-hmm. like you could drive there within an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's really strange we have iceland that takes uh like 24 hours to drive around and mm-hmm. everybody just speaks the same yeah yeah i mean you get that here yeah in, in where, where i am obviously will you said you live in in harrogate obviously yeah, like- if you go to newcastle you get a, an accent in where we are, there's a different accent. Liverpool is not that far away. Yeah, so I, I travel like back in my wife's family is uh, like in Merseyside near Liverpool, but I live in Yorkshire, so just two hour drive. Oh, yeah. and it's a completely different accent. Oh, it's different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, well, I mean, what, what happened in the late 19th century in Iceland is that there was a standardization and a, a distinct push as well to educate uh the population in speaking in a certain way and so that has also contributed to a more standardized form of ice icelandic um i i actually don't know what the language situation would be in the 1700s but i'd assume that there was some difference between how it was spoken in north and south and and um east and west and a lot of danish influence on it as, as well in the 1700s yeah, thank God we pushed that away. <laughs> <laughs> what you you don't you don't want to sound like uh, um, what comes out of the ass of a cow? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it feel, I always love having like different people from the different countries in Scandinavia and, and Iceland on here because you all seem to have this it's almost like br- brother sisterly love where it's like I can pick on you but if anybody else picks on you then I'm going to then stick up for you so it's like you guys will tease Denmark Denmark will tease Iceland and Norway whatever but then if say like me or as an English person I was like to attack Iceland for whatever reason then Matthias would stick up for for Iceland it's like it's like this this kind of like family love almost it's like you're teasing but it's I'm allowed to tease you're not allowed yeah it's it's yeah. very common that's a good like, way yeah. to put it I like that yeah. Denmark, family. Denmark is definitely like the weird uncle you see I'll accept that one yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we, we all have something on each other like we make fun of the Swedes and, and the Norwegians and but I think the, the Danes are under the heaviest fire yeah, <laughs> from us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But they they caused the most trouble. No, 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 no. The, the thing is that the Swedes just swept all of their shit under the rug. And now they're like all all nice and greenwashing everything. And, no, and... they swept it to Denmark. I don't know if you feel this, Matthias, but I, I certainly do with... It's like English history. If anyone ever like says anything, but I'm like, I just, I feel like I just have to take it. Like there's nothing, even though I'm not, I had, I'm not responsible for anything we did, but I just feel like it's just like, mm, I'm going to take, I'm just going to take the abuse to a degree. My problem is more that Denmark is sort of like the Scandinavian version of Alabama. Like we're, 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 we're like these weird, uh, shit kickers um, who <laughs> just can't stop fucking up. Like it's it's just like a couple of weeks ago uh, that the head of the conservative party in Denmark called Greenland Africa on ice and then had to like apologize for that. Yeah, you have to apologize for that. You're an yeah. idiot if you say <laughs> shit like that, right? And that's stuff that comes out of Denmark. I don't hear stuff like that from Norway or Sweden or Iceland. Uh, well, Iceland sometimes, um, but uh, but we seem to be cultivating that kind of atmosphere. That's the real problem here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the past is complicated because, um, uh, uh, yeah, you you can definitely uh, point your finger at Denmark in the 1700s and, and the 1600s and the middle of the 1500s. Um, but on the other hand, then you can also start pointing your finger at Norway in the in in the 19th century and what it did to the Sami, for instance. And you know, there's still like a, a like a group of Norwegians that cultivate sort of like an idea of a, a Norwegian North Atlantic Empire in different ways. Um, and yeah, so but but ultimately, yeah, my problem is with contemporary Denmark. <laughs> I mean, you Denmark can't be fucking up more than England right now. Oh, we yeah. we, <laughs> we can't do anything good. I mean, you'll have to take a look at our government, and it's just oh, it's horrendous. <laughs> uh, we change prime ministers, and I don't even know that we change prime ministers. <laughs> Literally, like the last or one, or vote I'm for so, them for that matter. Yeah, like, you don't I even, don't get to even know. I we like Rishi. Is it Rishi Sunak who's prime minister now? Yeah, I didn't even know that that happened. I, <laughs> I I didn't pay attention to the news a few days, and apparently we've got a new prime minister. 
No idea. <laughs> I've been absent for all of that, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, you disap- <laughs> You hid away from it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have your own like mess to think about. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been your <laughs> yours, yours stuck right in the middle there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I to be honest, one of the best things I ever did was was just as sort of towards the end of because I feel like the news got relevant again at, during COVID because everyone was worried and you all kind of had to watch the news to see whether you're going into lockdown, coming out of lockdown like how things were progressing. And then towards the end, I just lost interest in the news completely and and a lot of trust, I guess, as well. So the best thing I did was just stop watching the news and stop checking news articles all the time. And my, my mental health and my feeling, just how I felt got so much better because there's so much doom and gloom. And I know it's important to keep up on world affairs, but it's almost like when you stop obsessing over the news and watching it it's like it almost is like it just doesn't exist it's like everything that's happening now it's like it just doesn't exist if i don't look at my phone or watch the tv and check it i just feel better for it and i do think you have to keep up to date with the current affairs but it's so difficult when everything is so doom and gloom all the time i'm in the same boat as you i think a little healthy dose of ignorance uh... Mm-hmm. Make a happy life, you know. Yeah. Get get away from the doom and gloom and listen to doom folk instead. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this, there you go. The magic pill will make you happier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it can't make it worse. <laughs> I'm well, no yeah. No idea what you're talking about. So that that's actually one thing I wanted to to ask you about was you said that you classic classically trained. I'm a modern classical composer, yeah. Okay. Um, how does that work with this style of music? Do they marry quite well? I mean, I would say my role in the band is less of like a classical musical one. It's more of a production one, like sound building. Like I mix mix them and I mm-hmm. sound design and I create atmospheres and synths. And, and I add strings occasionally, but mostly... I think I'm kind of building a world for them to live in, kind you're, of sound-wise. You're making the soul of the music. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll send in like a uh, couple of couple of tracks with like maybe a drum, some singing, and then he adds like 5,000 more tracks yeah, of like so layers crazy. and layers of stuff. So like, yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, like even a, a complete musical illiterate like me can, can hear when there's like, been a classical composer in uh involved in 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 making a track like there's a big difference between that and then you know yeah i appreciate that we have explored though like um uh, a couple of songs more of like a modern classical approach and i think we will explore that more in the future uh, mm-hmm. actually you're right yeah yeah like that's a veteran, good point like in veteran yeah i kind of had free reign in that he just sent me one um like a, I played Talarpa and um, he gave me like a drone in C to play over and I, I played over it and sent it to him. And, and then I just orchestrated an entire like orchestra yeah, around that little melody that he played. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think I, I would say they marry pretty well. Like the string yeah. instruments, like the folk instruments yeah, kind of work very I think well they do, yeah. with like a more orchestral setting, I think. Yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess that kind of background and training, it it's always there no matter what, no matter how you 
whether you're working on whatever the project is, I guess it's always going to be in the background. It's always going to influence it in yeah. some way. You just have some. You just have these tendencies. At the, the deal is, yeah, you're right. But you also have a lot of like uh, post rock influences. Yeah, that you, comes out. I feel like that's a big part of what I do for you guys. Like all the distorted yeah. stuff in Gestalt and stuff like that. That's all very post rock, yeah. not classical at all. It just makes mm-hmm. the song more dramatic. Yeah, because like, yeah. adds intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we didn't tie ourselves to any Viking theme and such. We don't. We're not afraid of of sort of doing whatever. We want. We're still t- sticking to the whole, you know, Nordic. Uh, ritual kind of thing but you know using using their modern beliefs and, so there's yeah, nothing stuff yeah, from synths and stuff that we want uh yeah. because you know it's our music we can do all, <laughs> what we want with it hey, so, when you say you didn't tie yourself to a viking thing what what do you mean by that like um like what what does viking represent in all of this uh i mean it's the classic uh you know, of course, people expect you to wear Viking clothes and talk about Viking things and drink meat and, and be all Vikingy, which uh, we're not about. We're, nor- we're normal people in the future. Uh, <laughs> and, and we can separate those things. You can separate Viking from religion and then Viking from music. You can enjoy mm-hmm. all those three things, too. That's fine. And uh, it sounds like but I'm not like crapping on other bands. Go for it. Use the Viking theme as much as you want. Fantastic. It's just not what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. we are mm-hmm. in Viking reenactment. Oh, yeah. yeah there, we, so. do, we do Viking reenactments, but we also separate that from, uh, there's not, uh, yeah, Viking and religion are not the same. You don't have to be a pagan to be a Viking reenactor. And we also mm-hmm. uh, just invite everyone to join us. You don't have to be a certain type yeah. or anything. You don't have to be in any box to yeah. like our music and to attend our shows yeah mm-hmm. sorry uh, I've, I've gotten messages through my instagram of people like hey so i'm from you know brazil and i want to kind of observe this also true like am i allowed like of course what yeah. oh yeah. it's mm-hmm. insane isn't it i i get people you know through horns of running people with messages like i'm from malaysia am i allowed to buy this and it's like yeah of course you fucking are <laughs> of course you are why would you not why would you not be it's it's such a shame that that's even a question yeah i think like we are also in like like i think the whole viking reenactment thing is very concerned with like historical accuracy and we're definitely not concerned with playing like historically accurate instruments mm-hmm. or even our talapas have direct plug-in inputs on them yeah um, oh nice you know um and yeah in terms of like garb like we don't go on stage with garb because we don't i mean we might dress up for uh, a bloat or a ritual um mm-hmm. so we might dress up to go on stage like we won't we won't go on viking garb we won't yeah. go to i ritual. mean a bloat is a is an occasion it's I mean, an you occasion put on your nice yeah. clothes when you do yeah, that exactly you know? yeah mm-hmm. just like grandma told you to put on your suit when you go to church <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the thing, being being a band f- pr- predominantly from Iceland, singing in Icelandic, you're always gonna get pushed towards that. They're a Viking band. That I, I assume that's gonna just happen. That's yeah, yeah. okay. It's fine. We yeah, just like, accepted it at this point. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> plenty of people like. Compare. Oh, the algorithm will love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like we're we're getting compared to Halung and Vardun and all that it's like 
that's not what we're going for, but yeah, sure. But okay. that's nice. Like both yeah. of those bands are fantastic. Oh, all so those bands. So it's not bad, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just no, no. We uh, are part of the same genre, yeah. so of yeah. course, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. get compared to those bands. No, genre but I... with no name. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, that's yeah. But but I completely get get what Sigurd is saying is because it feels like, and I, and I say this to everybody we we have on here that makes this kind of music is that you have these two powerhouses, undeniable powerhouses within the genre of Heilung and Vodruna. And then you get a lot of people on like a, a lot of bands, particularly like the lower level who pretty much just try to imitate them. And then you get people like yourselves um, and particularly with like Nabala as well and Shell and people like that who just do their own thing and want to make, and ha, I guess the question is, how conscious are you to stay away from going down either of those paths or sounding too similar? I think you, we just try to be genuine yeah. and I make music that we yeah, like, that makes us. Or, do, or, yeah, or is that even a thought of like trying not to? Not really, no. We We're just, just do doing our thing. Our thing. Yeah. 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 But of course we see it in, in the comments and stuff and it's, we expect that, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's they'll probably always be there because that's what people yeah. naturally are going to relate to. There was an interesting one we saw. Like, uh, there there was like a reaction to one of our songs, and one of the comments was, "They're just ripping off the Who." Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> the Who. Because yeah, because yeah. there's throat singing in the song. It must yeah. be the Who. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I think it's all i mean you got for example metallica and megadeth they're both in the same metal genre uh and they're both you know playing this kind of heavy metal music but if you if you actually listen to both these bands they're not the same you know mm-hmm. and it's the same we are in the same music genre as marjuna but we're not the same because not we're, we're not trying to be we're just I, doing i our- think part of it is that this genre of music is fairly young yeah. yeah. So it's like in its infancy. So there aren't mm-hmm. many, like Hellung and Vardrun are like Metallica and Slayer of folk music. You know, they are. Oh, this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. So it's, mm-hmm. there's not a big pool of big bands to compare yourself to or anything. So people just know those two yeah. names. And as soon as something sounds vaguely similar, they kind of associate yeah. it. With yeah. Them. Absolutely. Especially people on the outside. And I mean, it, it's undeniable that there are a lot of, smaller copycat bands as well who kind of look at that and just but, want to follow you know, that path. And then that's why people like yourself stand out so much more when it, it's kind of, it's in that genre, but you can tell the difference. And that's what I find so oppressive about new bands that you can, you do your own thing. You're clearly doing your own thing. And that's what will then stand you out and make you grow and obviously get the, the huge numbers that you are getting. But like if we if we go with the analogy of heavy metal, for instance, like go back to the early '80s, and if you're an outsider to the genre, you you'll uh, look at that and say, well, that pretty much all sounds the same. Like from from Judas Priest to Man of War to Iron Maiden, you know, it doesn't really matter to the mm-hmm. outsider, right? Um, and then if you're an insider, you will, you know, be comparing new bands that are coming out to the ones that you already know. So it makes perfect sense. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then at some point, there's some kind of innovation that happens as well. And 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 then the genre progresses in, in some kind of direction, right? And I think actually that's what we're seeing now, um, mm-hmm. that that there's more innovation coming in with the bands like you guys. And yeah, you mentioned Nibala as another example of, of, of innovation in the genre. So yeah, it'll be exciting, exciting. to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. For sure, it really is. And that's something that's always fascinated me, um, Matthias. That do you think it, the more you listen to to a, a genre of music, then you, you your ear kind of tunes to it, and you hear all the differences so much better. Because I think to your average on the street that doesn't listen to metal, you put any kind of heavy guitar music on, they're gonna go. It all sounds exactly the same, uh, but obviously, if you listen to it a lot, you can tell the difference. And the same with hip hop or grime or whatever, whatever it is. If you're if you're just an average Joe, you kind of just go, it all sounds exactly the same. And I guess I went on that journey with, you know, I'm big into sort of grime. And when I started, I was like, this all sounds very similar. And then when you listen to it more and more and more, I'm kind of like, there's a lot of subtle differences that you don't kind of pick up on unless you are listening to it for maybe like three, four hours a day and really getting into it. And then that, I guess that's the same with, with this genre as well. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Of course. I think yeah. in the end, all we really want is people who actually enjoy our music to enjoy our music. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's why we did it. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You've got to, yeah, I, I always think the best things in life are when people make things that they want to make and then they're just like, here you go. This, this is what I've made and enjoy it. And how about, I'm sure you're the same with like when you get to do a tattoo that you want to do. And it's not one that somebody's come and they brought you a design. They're kind of just like, have freedom and make something you want to make. And see about it when you, you know, I don't know if you still do a lot of horn carving, but when you had the freedom to just kind of do whatever you want, you kind of make the best things that you can because it's your creativity and you can just put it together. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't carve horns anymore. I got pushed out of the market by <laughs> Horns of Odin. Oh, oh, don't say that. <laughs> no, I just don't have time anymore, but I still I still love to do it whenever I, you know. Yeah, I'm not but... either for a while with a pyrography and all that, but hopefully it will come to me. But I'm kind of getting my creative outlet with Vyavake, so at least that's good. Mm-hmm. You said you shake, shake some things? Yes. <laughs> is that uh, is it so percussion, percussion section? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, stage shakers and stuff. Is that? Oh, see, I was just thinking like the maracas. <laughs> yeah, it's like basically. We have a well, a, a shaft with a bunch of nuts on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> And it makes a very particular type of sound. It's very good. Sound. Yeah, I, yeah, it's very nutty. <laughs> oh, okay, nutty. I, I mean, all I can think of is that when when Mateus is playing Migas Blob Drummer Bass Section 2, 2023, that you you best believe that I'm on the side of the stage with the triangle because I want to be on that stage somewhere <laughs> that I can. And, and, gonna... and Maracas. We're going to have Maracas in there as well. I'm 
I'm the bez to your drum and bass. Well, listen, Daniel, there is there is a triangle sound in one of our songs. If you want to join us on stage, yeah, and do the triangle, okay. feel free. I, you you, you can't you can't take that back now. Now you <laughs> said that. You can't that, but I broke my arm, so I might need some help on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, you know we are recording this, so <laughs> you'll be our substitute triangle player. Yeah. <laughs> Hey Daniel, you Ooh, can get away I'm with really anything nervous. as long as you wear that coconut <laughs> bikini. Yes. Oh, we are okay. I have to confess, we were gonna do. I did promise the coconut bikini this week as well. Um, but I oh I did, and it's quite sad actually. One of one of my dogs suddenly got really ill yesterday. He had a stroke. I, well, we think it was a stroke or like a, a neurological episode. Um, he's thirteen, so I I've been a little bit sidetracked. Sadly, um, so the coconut bikini is coming, fair. and hopefully it will be next week. He's he's okay-ish at the minute, but I I, I don't think he's probably got too long left. Um, so it's yeah, he he was my my first dog, the first the so like my first like you know you have family pets, but he was like my first dog. Um, so yeah, so that was a, a bit of a sad thing that happened yesterday. But he's he's still with us. He's a little he's a little trooper. He's a little fighter. So he's he's still about. He's picked up a little bit. Um, hopefully he's got a a little while left. Yeah, it's our hearts are with him. More yeah. more Daniel snuggles. That, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh Maybe the cook. Someone- Maybe some dumb folk can help you through this. Oh yeah! I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pop. I'm gonna pop. I'm gonna pop it on you. You plug all you want shamelessly. You, you plug. Uh, no, I, I'm gonna pop it on for him and let him uh, have a listen. But uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of like why I was like, I, I'm not in the. I'm not really in the mood to wear a coconut bikini right now. We'll let it slide this yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. But next week, oh excuse. Oh, next week, we, oh, we probably we. I don't know who we've got next week, but I'm sure it's some really high respected scholarly type. That would be the most appropriate <laughs> situation. Yeah, even better. That mm-hmm. would be the funniest. Yeah. Situation. Yeah. The, the the comedian in me is like, that's the funny one. Is when it's somebody really serious. Like, I was going to say like Terry Gunner, but I feel like he would love it. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm sure he would. <laughs> but it's uh yeah, it's coming. We will do it. We'll we'll get there. It's uh it was just a little bit of a, a shit evening last night. Yeah. And a pineapple hat. Can we get that too? Oh, I was gonna say like a banana hat, but I feel like that's some sort of cultural appropriation. No, because was it like the chiquita? Okay, do do we not have the? Was it just England that had the chiquita banana lady? No, 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 no. Oh yeah, the lady with the fruit on her head. Was it? Mm -hmm. Oh, was it fruit? Was it not just bananas? Oh, it might have been bananas. Mm. Uh, I think we had that too. I feel like the chiquita banana lady was just bananas, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I remember that ad. Did she get cancelled? I don't think she, no, I don't think she did, but she was like a a really beautiful Spanish Latin lady who had I feel maybe like a coconut bikini or some sort of fruit bikini, and then this big banana 
esque crown. I'm not making this up, right? No, no, I, I remember this too. Oh, but yeah. I want to tell you that you're making it up just to freak yeah. you out. <laughs> well, women do carry things on their head, so it's like I think it's definitely bananas. <laughs> I I feel like it was a giant banana crown, <laughs> so that was it. Regardless, you're gonna have to put on a banana crown. <laughs> oh, I've got a mini banana crown now. <laughs> this went from a coconut bikini top to then Ale- Alexander German making it a full bikini with the bottom, and then now it's turning wrestling. To a, well, and wrestling, but now, and now he's turning into a, a banana crown as well. The yeah. ensemble, the ensemble is complete. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it would be fabulous. <laughs> it would. <laughs> it would be very fabulous. Um, okay, so are you guys? Have you guys got many live shows planned? What? How's it working with that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes. Okay, good, 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 good answer for a podcast. <laughs> uh, so we have a our album release show on the thirteenth here um, in in Reykjavik at a venue called Hura, and um, we have a couple of really amazing uh, artists playing with us. Firstly, Hilmar and Helmerson, who's the... The Alsa Pope. The Alsa Pope. Alsa Pope, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> what a title. Um, <laughs> no, he's, a, he's the head of uh, Alsa religion in, in Iceland, the high priest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, and it, he's a super good musician as well. Yeah, he does some very innovative stuff. Yeah, yeah. he's brilliant, like... Uh, Modern classical composer. Yeah, really. yeah. yeah he's done soundtracks yeah. and he's, yeah. he's definitely. He's done. He's done things with Zeros and. Oh yeah, yeah. Like and Vardruna. And Vardruna. Yeah, all the all the good stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully, accompanying him will be a man named Steindor Anderson, who's uh, kind of brought back to life the the Rimer, which is like this um, way of singing these old poems. Um, it's really beautiful and. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost more excited to see them play than to actually play. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. And uh, who else is coming? We have, we'll have uh, a band Umbra. called Umbra. Yeah. Uh, they are a sort of uh, ensemble of of uh, classical instruments, but they don't really play classical music, more like sort of, yeah, dark folk oh, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really ethereal and beautiful. Yeah, ethereal. And then JFDR. Definitely not Doomfuck, though. Don't let them take <laughs> well, that. That's our genre. Nobody gets in on that. <laughs> just just you. Yeah. And JFDR, uh, I think Kirsten might know a little bit more about her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she, she's a singer. It's her solo project. She used to be in a band called Gangly. And Summers. Yeah. Summers, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> she's done work with uh, Olaf Arnold's. Damien Rice, she's yeah. very talented. Super yeah. talented. Yeah. They were uh, playing her song on the plane when I landed, and I got quite nervous. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, we, it's we, like we I didn't realize these, how big she is in this country. We have so many good names on yeah. that will accompany us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we're just so happy that this is the bang we start with. Yeah, 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 yeah. quite a show. We're like the smallest band around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we're super excited. It's it's an honor, yeah. honestly. Yeah. But yeah. next Very year honor. we will be playing shows at festivals and touring and uh, mm-hmm. everything sort of to be announced. But uh, springtime is usually just kind of slow. Uh, mm-hmm. But as, as festival season start, so will our, our playing of the music. Yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there will yeah. be 
tour dates in due time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, maybe in the UK? Yeah, hopefully. hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Definitely. We're also looking with, with uh, our special eyes at Midgard's Blood. <laughs> yeah. We can't confirm, but we really, we really hope in playing Midgard's Blood. Oh, I mean, you would fit in perfectly if there in is the a US. fest. I'm, I'm sure we can make that happen. Or, yeah. That's our hope. Yeah, yeah. Collect our collective powers can make. So, okay, so we we have two jobs from this podcast: Matthias, 2023 in the Guildhall drum and bass, and Vivaki to play at the guest club <laughs> on equal level. Can, we, can we focus our energy on on those guys instead of me? <laughs> no, no, you're get you're getting a spot. I'm I'm gonna do everything I can. Yeah. Special feature: Daniel Fern at the banana crown. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if I can play the triangle, I I will do everything I can to make it happen. <laughs> I I I'd rather see you guys come over here and play in, in, instead of me playing any drum and bass anywhere in the world <laughs> at all. <laughs> I mean, any plans to go to America? Do you think that could be? That's a later. Problem. That's a hard one. Yeah. We have to have to get a visa. So maybe mm. maybe next. Uh, 2024 mm-hmm. uh, but for now we're focused on europe yeah yeah it's it has to start somewhere i think yeah 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 i mean if, if there comes a time where it becomes realistic for us to tour america we will it's yeah mm-hmm. we're at. fire in the mountains mateus mm. that would be the, cool the, if you know someone um, who knows someone who knows someone <laughs> or yes <laughs> <laughs> we, we, yeah. we know somebody I, don't, I, I don't, am somebody too. Yeah, no. There yeah. isn't one. This, there isn't one this year, is there? I don't think there's the no fire in the mountains this year. No, no, not not this year. Um, but yeah, like we're brewing and scheming and stuff. So there, things are gonna happen. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would be good. Ooh, I like it when things happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, obviously. You guys would fit perfectly at Megas, but that's just that's just it's clear. It would be a perfect match. So hopefully the call comes. Or you we may can, have already we do find it very likely, but we can't say anything for sure. Uh wink wink. We will be playing shows in Europe one hundred percent. And we mm. our our aim is festivals. Uh, yeah. We'll also do some touring, just regular bus touring. So yeah, and we'll be playing here in Iceland a bit more as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that work with? I guess because I'm not massively into the music scene, so I guess uh, is it easier when you're kind of starting out in that first year to then play festivals rather than doing your own individual shows places? It's a bigger crowd for sure. It's hard to draw a big crowd when you're a new band. So festivals mm. help a lot getting your music into more yeah. years, basically. But festivals are also just harder logistically. Yeah. We want to mm. get in those ear holes. Yeah. <laughs> as many years as possible. And festivals are great for that for new bands. So I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's that's always good too. But that also mm. requires like willingness on the side of the festivals to bring in new bands. And- yeah, financially it's tough as well because yeah. they just festivals know that they have a lot of power. Over smaller artists. Okay. So mm-hmm. You often don't get paid as much, but it's yeah. just, it's an investment in new fans. 
to me. Yeah. But but like shows and, and touring is not really our department. We have uh, we have a manager who sort of takes care of that. <laughs> An agent. Agent yeah. manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. they'll just do their best to find us some gigs to play. Yeah. So if you want to book it's called Sultan, you always get Doomstar bookings. You know how much I'd love to say I haven't I have a manager for that or I have an agent for that. That must have felt good, see, would it right? To say that. Oh, let me get my suit and tie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that must feel good to be like, oh yeah, we'll just but uh, look at the agent to solve it. Well, it, it is a good feeling, but also to me, it's like, thank fuck, I don't have to worry about yeah. that. Oh, yeah, I would not care about it. Like, booking tours sounds oh, like a nightmare. Yeah, I would not want that job. No. At all. Mm-hmm. So, because you guys, what, um, where are you guys signed? Season of Mist. Se- Season of Mist, that's it. I, the name completely disappeared <laughs> from me. Um, so, yeah, I guess that has to make it much easier actually being under a label and not having to yeah, navigate yeah. all this on your own. Season Mist and our booking company have like a very close relationship. So it was like a very easy mm. partnership. Yeah. I think basically all the bands that are assigned Season Mist also do booking with Doomstar. So maybe, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's got to make it take a little bit of pressure off kind of yeah. having to sort it all yourself. That's just focus on the music more, really. Yeah. yeah. The main thing, yeah. Well, the, the easiest part of being a musician is making the music. I yeah. would agree with that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All, that, all this uh, paperwork and preparing and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a lot of, lot of work, a lot of hours we put into just just the album itself, the artwork. Well, Chattendur yeah. and our friend Seva, so many hours mm-hmm. went into that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we're gonna show it off now. Well, he's oh, saying, get it, show it. <laughs> so, this is oh, it, it's pretty though. She is amazing, talented. She yeah. actually, uh, she oh. owns a tattoo studio yeah. with me that I work at now. She goes by the name Strika, yeah. Strika mm-hmm. artist. But you might, you might find this fascinating. The cover of our album is based on a description of uh, we found called Finn Merkur Seider. Uh, so I'll try to tell it briefly. So, there was a there was a young boy here in Iceland who, uh, who would often like he was living on a farm. He would often go to the farm next next door to the, to his neighbor to read books because uh, so I think this was what in the 18th century, and uh, he would often go there to read books. And then later, uh, his his dad was like, "You shouldn't be going over there. Uh, he's he's this weird pagan dude." And then the man passed away and they inherited his estate because he, they were the neighbors and stuff. And the boy went over and he took some of the books to read. And then uh, he was reading this one book in particular. Uh, his dad found out and he burned it, but he wrote down from memory as much as he could from that book. And that book describes a seder in Finnmark. Uh, and one, one, part, uh, one part of the seder is that um, they would put down three wooden pegs or like poles into the ground in a triangle. And then we would build a ladder uh, between them. So the Volva would go and sit on top of the ladder with a cauldron of miscellaneous fluids, like baby piss and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all 
Miscellaneous fluid sounds <laughs> yeah, yeah. awful. And, and she, would, wow. she would stir it up and sit there, and the smoke would come up, and she would sit there and inhale the smoke. And oh, not just inhaling miscellaneous fluid. Oh, you know, people go. It sounds like a good, good time to me. I <laughs> <laughs> really. Uh, and uh, and she would she would get high basically or get go into a trance and people, <laughs> the people would stand around and she would give them prophecies. So that's a that's the description of the film. So that's what is depicted on our album cover. Yeah, you can do all sorts of magic with that seder. So they could use it in various ways, like both good and evil uh, prophecies, like find out things. It's like kind of all in one. Seasonal. <laughs> yeah. Multi-purpose. Yeah. yeah. We'll actually go yeah. into that yeah. on the next. And, and, and a sad yeah. thing, uh, Matthias, my friend, said, uh, the boy, like, uh, well, when he wrote this down, he did write down, I saw uh, some poetry about Barulokur, but I don't remember them exactly. Mm-hmm. We we're so close. Mm. And so them. close. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh. like, uh, okay. I do it? Yeah, just go ahead, man. Yeah. So in uh, in uh, Eriksa Reda, they uh, Erikur uh, travels to Green Green Greenmark land along with his son uh, Leif Eriksson, who goes on to discover uh, North America, and. Uh, they're in a hall there, and uh, a vulva comes in and wants to perform some kind of ritual. And but she asks, sort of, to the people in the hall, does anybody know how to sing a varloka, which is a sort of protective spell to to let the the land whites know uh, of what's happening and uh, to ask for protection. And one one Christian girl was there. She was like, I know it, but I don't really want to sing it because it's not Christian. And they sort of egg her on. And she sings Avarloka. And it is described to the people said it's the most beautiful thing they've ever heard in their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so unfortunately, we, we have lost all these Varloka poems. But the last song on our album is called Varloka, which is sort of our tribute to this uh, mm-hmm. epic poem. Well, that's nice. Nice. Is it going to be the most beautiful song I've ever heard? Yes. Oh. <laughs> How very tenacious D. Think about it. You you played a little trick on me earlier this week. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> what so, happened? Uh, okay. So I <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned this before the podcast actually and I didn't embarrass myself on the podcast. Um so I posted in our Facebook group anybody that wants to join the Facebook group it's Nordic Mythology podcast uh saying how we'd release our Halloween episode from last week. It was a lot of fun. And then Sigbody com- what Sigbody what did you comment? Yeah, you talked about you were talking about these scary Viking myths or something, and I couldn't help myself. Nukalava, the horse with one eye with no skin, and a a guy on his back with his knuckles dragging on the floor. That scary fucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I couldn't help myself. I said, "Have you heard about the scary myth of (laughs) Dachtsukulavi?" 
And you ate it up. You ate it up. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I, I, I ate it, and I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what did I reply? You can say anything if you use fancy Icelandic words. People are like, oh, what's that? What's so my re- <laughs> my reply was okay. Sigma, don't tell me that. But <laughs> I was like, Sigma, shh, shh, don't tell me about that now. Let's talk about that on the podcast tomorrow. So I thought you had a really scary story to tell us. Well, uh, I mean, dark chocolate is pretty scary. It is. It's, uh, it's <laughs> it keeps me up at night. Oh, I don't like dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's so the best dark- kind. Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, no. I yeah, I agree. Yeah. Dark dark chocolate with you know licorice. That's my favorite. Oh, spoken like a true American right there. No oh, licorice. Depends on, depends on, like if we're talking like ninety five percent dark chocolate, then it's basically a bowl of mud. Yeah. Mm. Well, that yes. Is and mud is great. <laughs> <laughs> so as well, as, yeah, as did... a Scandinavian living living in the U.S., I've found that like Americans have. Like the same fetish that we have with licorice, Americans have with peanuts. Like there's peanuts and everything here. Yeah, I think oh, that yeah. might be true. Yeah. yeah. Peanut M&Ms. But, uh, you know, Denmark took it way too far uh, with, with um, putting licorice in things when they started making licorice chips. I'm like, no. You, excuse me? No. <laughs> yeah. Chips is in crisps or is in Yes, as in chips. crisps. Yeah. Would, crisps. Uh, did you did you see that war uh, that went sorry? No, it's cut you off. Uh some Danish company were saying that they they were the first to invent uh, chocolates with licorice. And it greatly offended the Icelandic nation <laughs> to the point where our president tweeted about it, say like, "What a ridiculous thing for Denmark to say! We've had it for years." Yes. So if you want to offend Iceland because we talked about it earlier, just offend something, like do something about licorice. Everybody will go. Oh, we love our licorice. We take our licorice very seriously. Oh, it's insane! When I when I was in Iceland and I as a Brit, I just wanted some chocolate. I wanted a nice little. A little bit of nice Cadbury's chocolate, milk chocolate, whatever. I went to the shop and everything was licorice. Like yeah. every, whether it was like. You're welcome. Yeah. And, and it's salt licorice because sweet, sweet licorice. is gross. That's for the Finns. That's what the yeah, Finns yeah, see. Yeah. 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 For, for the English, to yeah. be honest. I guess yeah. the English too. And maybe the Dutch. I don't but know about that. You have um, licorice popcorn here in Iceland. Like a, you very it's times. good. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Stuff. You have licorice, everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it seems to be such a like a Scandinavian thing as a whole, but particularly Iceland was seem to be the most licorice, and <laughs> but the other you know Norway, you guys still have a fucking lot of it. But yeah, where, we wear that brats bats proudly. <laughs> where does that come from? Why is does anybody know why that? No, oh, that's a very good question. It's just a very, very tasty cake. It comes from the volcanoes. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course it does. Mateus, I know you must know like the answer to this. The, the, the answer on on anything touristy in Iceland, it comes from our volcanoes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was the uh, uh, so like the fascination with licorice? Yeah, like because it does seem to be a very Scandinavian Icelandic thing. This. Okay, yeah, so uh, just one, 
one thing before I, I, I go on a rant about licorice. Um, yeah. I, I, I managed to piss off Jonas in uh, in our chat here saying that the Finns um, uh, like uh, um, the sweet licorice. Um, but if if you don't like the sweet licorice, Finland, why is it called Finnish licorice in the rest of Scandinavia? <laughs> that is my question. Okay, moving on to the question about like why is licorice a thing? It's because we don't have other good things, like the, we the, the, so licorice comes to Europe in the like the fifteen sixteen hundreds. That's when it becomes a thing. It originally based off of horse blood, um, becomes very popular in Northern Europe, and then we don't get any other candy until Americans show up with bubble gum, and that's a very recent thing. And so, yeah, So so so. This, this is just something that we have cultivated in the north um, and, you know, added an ammonium chloride to it because that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there is a plant that grows here that kind of tastes like licorice. Mm-hmm. And so so people like maybe we're already familiar with that kind of taste and like, ooh, this candy tastes just like that plant. And so just yeah, got popular. I used, to, I used to gnaw on that plant all yeah. the time. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. But... No. <laughs> It's a very yeah, nice of course you did. Like yeah. anise or something. Yeah, star anise. It's almost like anise. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like some kind of flavor. It's, it's something that you do as a kid in Iceland. You find those plants. You know, <laughs> and you know. chew on them. Yeah. 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 Uh, I feel like that's like um, we we didn't eat these. Have you? Do you have dock? Does anybody else have uh, nettles? Or is that like a very British thing? Uh, those little. They are. No, they're like. No. Those little look like drops, right? Yeah, they say like when you're walking and they're these little fucker of a plant that has little, they're almost like little needles on the underside of the leaf. And when you walk oh. push past them, they like sting, they sting your leg. Yeah, um, they don't grow here. And then duck leaf is supposed to cure the, the stinging, but that's apparently a myth. Yeah, you. the duck leaf. That's what. I, that's where I was going with this. Yeah. Is that your parents or whoever used to tell you this, this leaf? It looked like a fucking weed leaf. You can make yeah, great like, soup oh, out of that. Yeah, there was like find the duck leaf and then you have to like rub it on the on the nettle sting and apparently it stops. But I think in, it's in, a placebo though. I mean, it helped me. We mm-hmm. were we were berry picking with Sean the Perry, and <laughs> and I got stung on a nettle and you like try to rub this on and it felt better. Yeah, maybe a placebo, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in denmark we make soup out of the nettles oh okay yeah, yeah so there is net yeah nettle soup that is a that is a thing uh yeah. it's almost like the whole pissing on a is it octopus thing um jellyfish thing. yeah yeah that, apparently that's not real <laughs> what was that Jellyfish. Sting. I think it's jellyfish. I don't know how many octopi are, are stinging people. <laughs> no, it was it was jellyfish. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> but apparently that's not a um, a real thing. Like peeing, peeing yeah, on pe- yourself. Pe- on when- yeah, yeah. No, of course not. This is just something that people came up with to make you look like an ass. Friends. <laughs> I, bl- I blame friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do that in that one yeah. episode. Yeah. I I believed it. I thought that was real. The power of television. I mean, I thought it was real until just now. So yeah, <laughs> see, it's, it's the same with like this thing of like peeing on like a cut or a wound. You heard of that one? 
Oh. No, not just a normal. I'm not putting my finger just in my hand. Where did this come from? It's like you can you can clean your wound oh, with please, that. Please don't piss on your fresh tattoos. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! Don't don't do that. Really don't. Okay. I think um, like, there is a myth that people think that pee is sterile. Yeah, yes. it's, uh, it's yeah. not. <laughs> no, oh, is it not? Is no, it no. Not? It just doesn't body. have that like. Normal healthy pee just doesn't have that high level of bacteria in it. it I think it's something it's something that has to do with like a bacteria threshold that actually the American FDA came up with. Isn't no. the FDA the the health mm. people or yeah, you know? That I kind of thought stuff. I thought that it was. Um, I always thought it was sterile. I have really you been did. peeing on your tattoos, Dan? <laughs> no, no, I I have not. I have not. Um, <laughs> No, but um, Sigma, I think I said this. You're drinking there? Or is it... No, no. <laughs> is it, oh, what, this? <laughs> it's the, the finest whiskey. <laughs> it's not. Uh, what, what was that, Hubba? You have to stop peeing in your sink now. Oh, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I have done that before. <laughs> we came on this podcast to talk about piss. <laughs> uh, have you not been listening to this podcast lately? We, like, we go down what, some weird ass rabbit holes here. <laughs> whatever rabbit hole we go down, that, that's where we go. But um, no, think about it. I think we said we talked about this before we started. Um, obviously, the last time you were on to now, I think it's maybe been 18 months, you are a full blown tattooist now. And it's been fun watching your journey from literally learning. And I mean, you always had a skill for for drawing um, and art in general. You, know, you were making the horns clearly an artist. But to watch you go from kind of your first tattoo to then seeing what you're producing now, I, I've I've enjoyed the journey. I think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Uh, I mean, it's all kind of thanks to lovely Hrapnildur over here who, who got me introduced into tattooing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying being a tattoo artist, which I was never planning on becoming. It just kind of fell from the sky. And uh, it's definitely where I need to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess that's what happens when you marry a tattooist. It, it's a possibility yeah <laughs> don't expect it you know you know you know. <laughs> yeah you have yeah. to have some level of skill yourself yeah i mean you you can't just go finding a tattoo artist and trying to marry them in order to suck up their power <laughs> <laughs> i mean you could try but <laughs> to be honest i'm not expecting to be like a full-on musician either yeah, true. in this yeah. relationship yeah when no. we, uh, when we started dating, she she said that she doesn't sing. Okay. I don't well, think in front like... of people. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I heard her singing. Okay. Her and I was like, you, you have a lovely voice. And she's like, no, I don't. Don't listen to <laughs> Yeah. It's been, it's been a long road overcoming the fear and uh, stage fright. Yeah. yeah. No, but that's fascinating because I bet there's so many people that are in that. Bo as well, who I mean, I mean, I can't sing. You can you can hear my speaking voice, you know I can't sing. It's just one of the things, it's one of the absolutes in the world that I just um you can learn. But, no, I can't. 
there, <laughs> there are, but there are so many people who I bet can, you know, sing in the shower, sing here, but they don't have the confidence or the opportunity, I guess, as well, to, you know, do it or explore it. And how about I guess, I, if you're singing in the shower, you must have an interest in singing, I guess. But then to be taken out of your, I know you you giggle, but I, I don't sing in the shower because I have no interest in singing. So I feel like if you if you're doing that, you at least must enjoy singing to some degree. I but then to be like always, I always loved singing, and I was singing mm-hmm. a lot when I was younger. But then, you know, just all of a sudden you become shy and. Mm-hmm. You just stop kind of doing it in front of people. And yeah, I was a, I was in choirs and all that jazz. And I had loads oh. of fun. But yeah, then just I stopped and wasn't expecting to pick it up again. But I'm super happy. Just marry a musician. So yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's quite interesting how you both kind of crossed over in the you know, in the relationship, obviously, how about you're a tattooist, Sigurd is now a tattooist, and yeah. Sigurd, you're a musician, and how about you are now in a in a band singing? Yeah. The power and complete. Mm, yeah. Yes. <laughs> kind of is this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this your final form? Oh, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> we need the triangle guy with the, uh, the banana hat. <laughs> I've got my hand up here. If you, uh, I mean, I know you're joking about this, but if you need a triangle player, I'm there. But somebody needs to tell me exactly when to do it. You can't trust me to listen to the music. I need somebody stood off stage just going, now. Oh, we have, we have a... Uh, countdown in our ears so oh, okay so Jarvik it's on yeah yeah okay I can do that we yeah. get the little uh oh I'm ne- I, genuinely I'm nervous <laughs> you, can, you can study uh these uploads and and listen exactly when the ding comes in well now I'm getting FOMO over here in the mountains no. oh you, you <laughs> taste I will get you I swear I will get you a drum and bass anyway we need to do it well, Wherever it needs to be, I'll get you a set. <laughs> you can play the nuts yeah. chat. Yeah, yeah. Matthias, you can play the nuts chat. Or, or at the end of the song, there's another ding to close the song. So you can do the second ding. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Take it, buddy. Don't give, <laughs> Don't give away my dings. Don't give away my dings. They're my dings. <laughs> you're going to make me right here. <laughs> yeah, you're on the Stealing job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't want to steal Hava's dings. <laughs> <laughs> but Matej, you're not taking my fucking dings. So they're mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cross the line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah this, you find you find your own instrument well, to play. Didn't see what we'll just say like play the uh, nut shaft. Nut shaft yeah. <laughs> the nut shaft. Is that the name of the nut shaft? Is that is that its name? It's now. Yeah, yeah. That's that that's the like the professional term. Yeah, not sure. <laughs> the, the Oxford dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So when you say it's a shaft with nuts on it, I assume you mean <laughs> I assume you mean you nuts. Want it to be, Daniel. Don't, worry, don't worry about it. It's your imagination. I assume, no, 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 no. I need to understand this. I assume it's nuts as in a metal hexagonal 
No, they're like actual nuts. No, no they're, 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 they're actual. They're actual. Shells of nuts. So yeah. like rattle around and make like a rattling sound. Oh, I was way off then. <laughs> I was thinking that you had a stick with like metal nuts, as in nuts and bolts. There was rally. That sounds so. more like a murder weapon, though. Yeah, yeah. Chill out. It does. <laughs> or some weird thing. You just yeah. That's what it. I was thinking. I thought it was like one of those things that you, you tipped, you know, like the, you remember those tubes that when you used to uh, tip it one way, you'd go, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know the ones that I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like something like that. that you, or something like that. Yeah, like, 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 yeah, yeah, you like tipped it. Maybe use one of those in the. One of, oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. one of those flutes where you like pull out and on the like, thing goes, yeah. <laughs> Mateus, you just got a job. I got a job. Yes, I landed myself a job. <laughs> Fuck this professor thing. <laughs> we're gonna have to find two people to replace us on the podcast. We're gonna be sat with Vivaki next time. <laughs> There'll be six of us sat there. <laughs> Sorry, that was so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> but if I mean, if you do need a in, you know, a triangle player, I will do my best. Well, yeah, we you're you're um, on the on first on the list. Yeah, we'll hold um, you to that. Uh, yeah. You're playing in Eurovic, like I'm not joking. So yeah, prepare. I'll be first replacement. With the coconut bikini and the banana. No, no, no replacement. You're our first choice. Yeah. Okay, I will. I'll do coconut bikini and I will play. And yes. banana head. This, I think I made this. I think we made this reference before. And Mateus, you you didn't know. Have you have you guys heard of the Happy Mondays? No. Oh, okay. So this doesn't work. So the Happy Mondays were a band. I I think like in the nineties. I think nineties from Manchester. And they love drugs, loved <laughs> drugs. Okay. But they had, so they had a one big song called You're Twisting My Melons, Man, which maybe you've heard of, maybe not. Um, but they had, I guess it was like a friend of the band who snuck on called Bez. So you had like the band and then you had this guy called Bez who didn't play in the band, but he was like the official dancer. For, for the band so like you gotta imagine like it's the 90s everybody's off their face on ecstasy and you have this one guy who has maracas and he's he's also off his face on every drug known to man and his job is literally just to dance around on stage and entertain the crowd he's part but he's part of the band he's, he's are, you, are you describing your dream to us right now I, Daniel what you would I like to be, be in the future I, if you, if also, I, if it, by the way, is it the only best. British bands that have official dancers like the Prodigy and stuff like that? Like that okay, one dude yes. who's just like in charge of, of like waving his arms around. Like, what is that? I guess Hot Dogs have own dancers, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, do. Yeah, and they're super who? cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, the band that went to. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they have like three official dancers. They're like, I feel like they're just part of the band at this point. Yeah, I think they are. <laughs> yeah. It's but, a, it wouldn't be the same show without. Yeah, you. I agree, Daniel. When you're describing this, though, I'm just like thinking of Peep Show with like Jeremy and Superhands. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll I'll be Superhands. <laughs> I'll be. We can be men with Ven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Oh, I'm excited. We can we can do this. We can do something special here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so potential. Yeah. I will be your best. <laughs> okay. Can't wait. Just, You're the best. Just hype, the, hype the crowd up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Should we uh let, let's wrap this up and then we can get off and plan the uh the concert. Okay. Matej, you're coming. We're a pair. We're we're a pair. Wherever I am, you come. That's a little bit sexual, but okay. (laughs) You kind of have to join us now. Oh yeah, it's a thing. We will make it happen. As long Absolutely. as oh, all I know I've mentioned this already, but all I want in life is to see Mateus in front of a pair of decks <laughs> with a big pair of headphones on. Like the really big ones, with but one of them not on the ear. So one like behind the ear. So you've got one ear free, yeah, like that. And you but but you're cupping that ear anyway because you need to sound out the sound, because that's what they do. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then backwards as well. Okay, yeah, exactly. And then just in front of decks, just with one hand in the air. But really you're not doing anything because they don't do anything. Everything's already electronically played out. But you just spinning spinning those beats like that's the that's my goal in life now is to see you do that <laughs> that's all i want you know i'm i am not going to say that this will never happen i we think can make it happen. Happen. we can make it happen well i feel like this is not impossible no no, no. we know we know it's impossible don't let your dreams <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we know enough bands at this point. We can get you to support one of them. He asked me, "Is I'm going to push this until it comes to fruition?" Okay, cool. Let's make it happen. Get practicing. Yeah. If you can get us in on on Jorvik, then we will make this happen. Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. Make some yeah. calls for us. <laughs> We're gonna make some calls, and then Mateus is gonna. Uh, we're gonna fly Mateus in. <laughs> Get some bikini. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I am. I also wearing a coconut bikini. That, yes. Dan yes. got himself yes. into that, that mess. Question. Why am I dragged into that? Ask mess? a dumb question, you know. <laughs> because, because we are a team, Mateus. I said this before. We are a duo. Where I go, you come. And where you go, I come. And Non-sexual. <laughs> what happens at Jorvik stays at Jorvik. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Holy shit, I'm getting dragged into something. <laughs> I actually don't know what I've signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, well, let, let's wrap this up. This has been... <laughs> It's just been fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad at it, though. No. What was that, Haba? It's just 10% band talk. Yeah, the rest is just... Piss and coconut. Oh, that's, that, that's the best way it goes. Yeah. That's, they're, they're the most fun episodes. Because, yeah. Do you guys want to shout out the band, shout out where people can listen to it? Uh, most importantly, where they can support you 
financially and maybe buy some things. Uh, yeah, you can listen to us on all of the streaming things, Spotify and the like. Yevaki um, is the band name and Fortsbeki is the album name. Yeah. And uh, we have some merch. Uh, you can find it on the Season of Mist merch shop or you can get it off Bandcamp. We have some beautiful vinyls and some shirts that mm. were all done by uh, friends of ours, artists that did an amazing job on, on the designs. So mm-hmm. yeah, go check those out. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely check the, the vinyl out. The, the vinyl is beautiful. Oh, That's you. one of those things you want to own as like a piece of its own piece of artwork. We have also have some music videos up on YouTube yeah. uh, that we're really proud of. You can mm-hmm. check out. I think if you if you just type in Vyavaki on YouTube, we will pop up. Yeah. Also, uh, we just released like a full album video online. Um, it was recorded by a, a man here named Daniel Puskaus. And he did a really amazing job of... Um, so yeah, you can listen to the full album on YouTube, but it, it won't just be like the cover art. He's actually spent three weeks capturing the Icelandic landscape and just did like an amazing job of tying the textures of this place into the music, into the songs. Wow. Yeah, um, definitely go check that out. Daniel is amazing. Yeah, yeah. he is so talented. Yeah. And also yes. we want to be super inclusive to people. So we actually made translations of all of our lyrics. So people who get our CD or our vinyl, they can look at the English translation yeah. and really like, get what the lyrics are about wow yeah no that that's good because as much as i i really enjoy listening to music i don't understand but i also there's something nice particularly Sigurd, you might be able to relate to this when you're kind of when i'm carving something and i'm concentrating on kind of carving a horn i enjoy music that i don't really understand the lyrics to you don't but have then english no, 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 no. <laughs> you could just leave it a mystery forever <laughs> <laughs> no but i i really enjoy that i enjoy kind of just not being over being able to understand it. it's just maybe it's something that, I, that doesn't distract me away yeah but then yeah, obviously being able to then go and look at it after and kind of see I'm... the meaning behind it is, is quite important i'm in the same boat as you like Bands like Severos and Alsace and like let's sing in French and Icelandic. I think that's like a big part of their appeal. Yeah, because the voice becomes like another instrument. instrument. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many metal it. bands with the screaming. Yeah, you have to look up the lyrics. You understand? Yeah, yeah it's just the voice becomes yeah, just equal with the music. It's another texture. Yeah, I yeah. listen. Mm. I listen to a lot of um, bands that are foreign to me, and I always en- enjoy knowing the yeah. gist of what's happening. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I love reading the translation about it and then keep li- listening to it but have the context and mm. i know a little bit more about the emotions that go into it like because mm-hmm. i know a bit more how, what they're singing about yeah yeah absolutely i think at least just put in the chat about Kape, the the norwegian kind of hip-hop band and that that's one of the bands that were stood out for me that i don't understand a word they're saying and no clue i don't know what you're saying but I know that it's something important. And I, you can just get that feel from the band, from the music, seeing them live. You can just tell there's this important message behind it, even though you don't understand it. And that's kind of this, this really nice thing that crosses all language barriers that you can just 
you you get this feel from music. Mm. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, our our audience is kind of well. Is there maybe four hundred thousand people in the entire world who actually understand Icelandic? So, <laughs> <laughs> and how many of those will actually listen to our band? Who knows? So, I, I think it's good if people want to read the translation probably dozens Sable. dozens <laughs> I, I don't know guys I like, sure. yeah <laughs> i i feel like we've seen an inflation in people learning icelandic these days so uh you might you might be getting closer to half a million uh i mean uh there are three hundred sixty thousand people who live in iceland and then mm-hmm. there's some thousands in denmark and other uh, mm-hmm. i yeah. i don't even know how to make a guess but i just Said four 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 hundred. Oh, there yeah, has like five hundred thousand will definitely. <laughs> there has to be one hundred thousand Viking bros on Facebook saying that they're learning Icelandic. Well, uh, oh yes, between learning and understanding. Yeah. Oh yeah, there has to be at least a hundred thousand of them because I see them every week. Just say, I'm learning Icelandic now, and they say, Are okay. you the? Kind of hard. <laughs> Are you the? Are you the? Because. It's it's difficult. I've been trying to learn Norwegian for like Duolingo the last 155 days. I don't know Norwegian. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean Iceland Icelanding is the the final boss of languages. So I get that it's okay. Difficult. But yeah, even even our like, what you're gonna say, like even modern Icelanders might find it tough to understand. Yeah, so, the old Icelandic bits might even confuse modern Icelanders. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there are languages out there that could that are a lot harder. Finnish, probably. <laughs> yeah, sure. I heard Russian is kind of tough as well. Finnish. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know about it. It's you know, definitely uh, difficult. I mean, I could speak it when I was like three years old, so I don't know. It's not that hard. <laughs> so, so is, I, is Finnish completely different to... Because it yeah, seems like... Yeah. Norwegian can understand, you know, Swedish, Danish, a little bit of Icelandic or whatever, but it's Finnish just completely different. It's just... It's a Finno-Ugric language, whereas the other ones are Germanic and Indo-European. So, yeah, fundamentally different. But not that difficult. That's our cat. (laughs) She's been with us this whole time. (laughs) Does, Does she tour with you? No. Uh, hopefully not. She's kind of a bitch. No, yeah, Finnish is definitely complicated. Uh, <laughs> but sure, uh, definitely if, if uh, we encourage people, it's not like some some kind of gates to be kept. We enjoy when people learn Icelandic and we enjoy if somebody's trying to learn Icelandic and they you know, when he's trying to speak to me, I was like, good job, buddy. Ooh, <laughs> good job. You're such- oh. no, it's, there's no, there's no elitism that I've found in, in Iceland. No. Of people wanting to learn Icelandic met with. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that happens when, because all, I think for the most part, everybody in Scandinavia and Iceland, particularly the younger generations, they all speak English, very good English. Like, Pretty yeah. much perfect English. So when you get, say, somebody like me who's trying to learn Norwegian, and then you, I go into a shop or in a situation where I try to use it, 
they then know that I'm not Norwegian and that I'm trying. So they just reply in English because it's like, oh, it's just easier just to let's just talk in English. Whereas I'd kind of just prefer that struggle through so you kind of learn from it. But it's, it just becomes this thing of, oh, let's just turn to English because it's easier. Yeah, yeah that's because, the, that's I mean, complaint that people have yeah, here. it's a big problem here, actually. Yeah, trying mm-hmm. to get, because everybody speaks English, but uh, nobody's going to be mad at you for trying to learn Icelandic. Or... No, it's just, it's very hard to get people to kind of just slow down yeah. and take a breather, you know, just like focus on listening. I always give, uh, when I hear that people are trying to speak Icelandic, I always give them the option, like if mm-hmm. I'm, ordering in a restaurant or something, I say, do you want me to speak English or Icelandic to you? And sometimes they will say English and sometimes Icelandic. And mm-hmm. I think that's just like the way to go. Just see what the people want to do instead of just assuming. That, that, yeah, that's very nice. It's, I think it's the speed. It's the speed that gets, particularly gets me, of like the speed the Norwegian speak. I'm like, I can't separate the words. Like if you if you just wrote it down, I'd probably understand it. But when you just say it so quickly, it's like, oh, what the what the fuck? Yeah, I relate to that because it, yeah, your example of Norwegian, I understand Norwegian pretty well if it's written. But then a Norwegian friend of mine speaks, and I have no idea what he's saying. It's just mm-hmm. it's so fast. It is people people in Denmark sometimes speak English to me nowadays. It's kind of oh weird. yeah. My home country. <laughs> so I walk into a Seven Eleven and I say something in Danish, and he replies in English, and I'm like, "Wait, what?" Oh, <laughs> you've lost sweet. your Danishness. Oh, totally. Apparently, I have an accent. <laughs> oh my god, I have an accent in all languages now. That's interesting. <laughs> you you belong to no one. I like it that way. Yeah, yeah. you burn just... your language fingerprints. scrape them off (laughs) that's i mean i i think it's people who know more than one language is it fascinates me because the the brits were shit we're just terrible at it we're just not good at learning language we just assume everybody's going to speak English and Will, you might. It, is that how kind of like Americans feel as well? I know when, as a Brit, when I go, when I go, particularly when I was younger and a little bit more ignorant, you just kind of assume that the other people are going to speak English to you, or at least enough that yeah. we can get by. And that was the way that we learned language in school as well. It was never a priority. We, you know, I went to French classes and. I can't le- remember anything from it because they were just kind of mess about lessons because they wasn't important because that's kind of how we were taught as ignorant little British kids. I think America is quite similar in that regard. I think also it's such a big country and a lot of people don't leave. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, it, I don't remember like the percentage, but it was an alarming statistic of the amount of Americans that don't even have passports. Um so yeah, I think we're a bit similar, but I wonder like with, because uh, my wife is British and she was trying to learn a bit of Icelandic as well, um, but she can't roll her R's for shit. And I think- Oh yeah. Wow, no. Yeah, that's, that's hard. <laughs> that's a big handicap. For yeah. You. <laughs> for Icelandic, yeah. That's, yeah. Can you roll your R's, Daniel? No. 
<laughs> like that's just that's just a noise that my mouth doesn't make. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> try anyway. Okay, get, what do I have to say? Give me. I, yeah, I need something to say to even try. Rapabara Kreuter. Say that. So say it again. Rapabara. Rapapaba. Means rhubarb. Yeah. That's rhubarb. Yeah, rap a bar. Yeah. Yes. I feel like I'm making so many ba 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 bas. Rap a bar. The R the R is actually incredibly fascinating as a consonant that's not really a consonant all the time. Like it's it's one of the consonants with most variation in in different languages. Mm-hmm. And the reason that you can't say the um the, the the dental r uh is because um of the french mm. there you go you can blame the french, french on that one yes blame, blame. <laughs> okay <laughs> you can't leave it okay i was going to wrap it up there but you can't leave it at that why well, it's expand. a pronunciation yeah it's a pronunciation that comes from uh from, from france that then you know expands throughout europe um, and it's like in, in Danish, it's, it's like really ridiculous because the R is almost disappearing at this point. Like you only really hear the R, um, in when it's in the front of a word. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise it's, it's become some sort of like weird vowel. Um, yeah. So that's that <laughs> okay. random linguistic facts. Do you have an example of that? Like the, the red, red, screwed, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, you well, rhubarb, rhubarba, right? Oh. So that's R, yeah, R A B A R B E R, rhubarba, yeah, rhubarba. <laughs> so you hear the R in okay. the beginning, but then <laughs> it's gone afterwards. It's not different than in the I got you to do it the second time. <laughs> Twice I've been on here. <laughs> All right. I'll get you to say that. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, let's wrap this up. Um, okay. Go and listen to Vivaki. Find it on all the sh- I guess all the streaming services, but if you can go and support them by buying merch, obviously make, means a lot to bands where you can. Let's not be about the support them financially. It helps all bands, of course it does. Um, Matthias, where can people find you? Uh, you can always find me on Instagram, just Matthias Norvig, and there I am. You can also look at my website. Just Matthias Nordvig, and there I am. <laughs> there you go. Behind the decks by Drummer Bass Club. Yeah. <laughs> there's oh. also that, and I'm sure there's a Reddit thread that's like shitting all over me too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if you want to have some I, fun reads, <laughs> I need someone to make like a a gif of you, like just opening like an old dusty trunk and getting some decks out and blowing them off, and just. Getting ready for uh, for what's to come. Because, yeah, you know, it's going to be fun. That'd be cool. It's going to... I mean, Mateus, we know enough people at this point that we must be able to put... I say we, 
I mean you, must be able to put together some sort of folk, Viking, Nordic, <laughs> that's it. Right. I'm hitting abort on this episode. There, no, you're there done. Has to, there has to be some path where this can become a thing. There has to be. <laughs> the, the, we have enough musical minds that we can throw at this where this can become a real, actual thing. Absolutely. I am 100% down. Definitely do it for you. <laughs> There you go. Now all we need is banana hats, and there we are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you, yeah. If you enjoy the show and all the weird tangents that we go down, please um, follow us on, I guess, Instagram, Facebook. Well, everywhere is just Nordic Mythology Podcast. Um, we put a bunch of videos on YouTube now. This episode will go on YouTube where you can see the the pretty faces of Bivaki. Uh, it's literally just not do all doing some pauses um if you can yeah go to youtube it's literally not mythology podcast hit the subscribe hit the little bell icon i think it is that lets you know when we drop a video um and above all else if you can please pause on patreon we you get the episodes two three weeks ahead of everybody else and we're going to start doing some bonus material for there as well yeah, I think that's about it. So thank you all very much for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it. I can't wait to see you guys live as well. In England, at Jorvik, at Midgasbot. In Let's, Denver. That's where it's going to be. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Take care. You guys have a good evening. Oh, you too. Yeah. Bye.